good? All right, cool. Ready? You ready, man? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Here we go. Welcome to the Dr. Mudgill podcast. Uh, this one is a real special one for me. Um, you know, it always amazes me how powerful social media is. I'm sure everyone knows who you are. I mean, you're basically viral on every social media platform. But I'm, I have the pleasure of talking to Devin Rodriguez, who is just like a, an amazing artist. I'm sure many of my listeners have seen the subway sketches that you do. And, you know, they really, I mean, I was just mesmerized by them when I first found them on my TikTok feed and just been kind of digging into your story a bit, learning a bit about you. So I actually reached out to Devin. I DM'd him on Instagram and uh, he was gracious enough to get back to me. We were able to set this up. So thank you, man, so much for being here. I'm really excited to get to know you better from for my audience to get to know your story, man. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for reaching out. Hey, man, it's all thanks go to you, man. So really, like I was mentioning before we started the recording, um, my, my podcast is really about showcasing stories that like capture someone's hustle and you know really sort of actuating a dream and you know i think what a lot of people probably think when they see your story is like oh man this guy was just like he's an amazing artist obviously but he was just sketching someone on the subway and that went viral and then he became you know that's he just blew up so people think you blew up in august like august 2020 is just like when your story started and I think that's a natural assumption, right? Because that's kind of like when all your, you know, like TikTok video went viral. And, you know, I think you like literally quadrupled your Instagram following or something like that in that time or maybe more. I don't know. Much more. Much more than quadruple. Three months ago, I had 30K. That's great. And now you have like over a million, right? Yeah. You have like 10 million TikTok nearly, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's, first of all, that's ridiculous. Congratulations on all of that, man. But, um, I think a lot of so oh yeah so yeah you you had 30k which is still a lot you had a lot in the, going into the summer but literally I don't know I guess that that's like 30 you 30 you 30 folded it if not more, um, but I I think the assumption was and I didn't see this is probably this was the assumption that I naturally had was like oh wow, wow you know like this one piece of content really you know Devin's on the map now you know he killed it. he 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 crushed. It, it kind of did work like that. Like I, I thought, I did think that thirty thousand was a lot. Like I was like proud of myself. Things were going great, and then uh, after TikTok, uh, it just blew up. And now I'm like, wow, that's that's not. I have a million now on Instagram. I would have never thought in my whole entire life, honestly, ever in my life, because I know I know the artists in my industry. I know, like, I see what goes on. Like that doesn't really happen. So. Uh, ever like it's nuts i'm super blessed i'm, I'm happy um yeah i mean it, it sort of was not overnight because i've been grinding for like 10 years you know more than that but i've been taking this serious since i was like 14 so yeah like 10 years but it, it was just so like exponential like kind of overnight I, I, it was like overnight after 10 years you know so um it was so drastic at that point I love what you just said there. It was overnight after 10 years because I, th I think that's the part that I really want to showcase. So, yeah, obviously your, your platform went berserk, you know, and but you have 10 years of a portfolio to show for it. So, like, when someone was, like, digging through your stuff, it's not, like, oh, this is only, like, Subway stuff. Like, no, you, you were, like, a famous artist, actually. You know, in 2019, you, know, you, won, you were a finalist uh, in the Outwind uh, uh, Boo Cheever portrait competition, which is, like, this huge deal like you know 20 people apply for this it's once every three years they pick 40 or 60 people to be finalists you yeah. were one of them you know yeah. like amazing art mentors which we're going to get into i mean so yeah the success happened boom but there's like like you said there's 10 years of hustle that that really laid the foundation for the overnight quote-unquote overnight success that you had man and i think yeah, it's amazing yeah for sure I, i've had like um 
achievements here and there and and i'm 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 still young. I'm 24, so I've had like some like Smithsonian, New York Times, and stuff, but uh, never like so much like back to back to back success. Like like I've never seen that before. So it's you know with myself. So it's 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 uh it's going it's going great. It's it's kind of it's kind of nuts. It's, just just the um, beginning for you, man. Yeah yeah no for sure it's just the beginning. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to a I don't want to brag, but I'm gonna take it to a whole new level. Like yeah. I already know. <laughs> So, this year is like, well, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Here. Go ahead. You're this no, year. I was gonna say like the rest of this year and next year, I'm I'm gonna like ramp it up. <laughs> hey man, for you to be able to make this kind of lemonade out of the lemon after out of the lemons, 2020 served us, man. That's that's that's, that's something special, you know. Um, but yeah. you know, I I do want I want to just get into your story a little bit, man, if you don't mind. So I know you're from the South Bronx. You know, you're a New York guy. You know, like me. You, you know, born and raised <laughs> in New York. From? Well, I was I was born in Brooklyn, um, but then we moved out to the Burbs. My brother's seven years older than me, so we moved out to the Burbs when he was about to start his school to Long Island. Um, but you know, city, and I'm still very much tied to to New York. I'm love New York. I'm a New Yorker. Um, so you know, you grew up in the South Bronx. You know, I I don't know much about your story. I know your dad was like a really amazing tattoo artist. Yeah, all I was able to really find about him when I was trying to like research you. I know he passed away at a young age. Um, yeah. but did you did you know your dad? much yeah no i didn't i didn't really know him he left when i was about like four he left like the house and uh he went off to like tattoo and then he like went off to miami and stuff so i didn't and then i didn't speak to him for a long time so yeah i didn't really know him and then you're, you're with your mom i guess and i know you live with your mom and grandma or your grandma the, the... With, with my grandma uh but um I, I was with my grandma ever since i was like 14 I, I i was raised by my mom but i had left to my grandma's house yeah gotcha on oh, your mom that's your mom's mom yeah, yeah my mom's mom okay so uh, yeah again anything you know I don't, I don't mean to be prying into your oh, no you can ask me whatever you want <laughs> i've already answered these questions in other interviews so <laughs> yeah i mean i come from a single family household single parent household so i always just i kind of like love hearing a little bit how the family dynamics play into who you are because it actually does play a huge role into who you are and i think in many ways it does ignite your hustle uh, like it, you know really ignited my hustle a lot and uh, you know there's like little i think little pearls in there that kids like you know well you're you're a kid to me but young <laughs> could really learn from and be like wow you know that guy's just like me you know i grew up the same way and like wow look at what he was able to do and you know really empower someone by hearing a story you know so oh yeah for sure so i, I grew up with my mom uh we grew up uh we had like let me see me my sister my stepdad my mom my brother that's five so we have five of us in one bedroom we we grew up i grew up on um where i lived at the time was one 141st and willis avenue in the south bronx so the house was like three rooms it was like my room the next room no it was four it was my room the next room a back room and a basement right and then Every room had a family in it. Like my room had five of us. The next room had like three people, a mom, dad, and a daughter. And then the back room had this other guy. The basement had um, this other family of like five. And then we all shared one bathroom. So that's how like I grew up. And, and like uh, the, the reason I went to my grandma's was because we had like this ACS child services, like um, abuse case. So, uh, the judge like put me and my sister with my grandma. Um, so that's how that happened. But, and then, and then like the whole time during my childhood, um, I was like looking for my dad, but I didn't get to find him until like way later on. Cause uh, I just, 
I just, I just thought that my life would be better if I met my dad and then I met him and then it's, it's a long story, <laughs> but yeah. Is your dad still alive? No, he passed. Uh, he passed like uh, five years ago. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, no problem. You know, since when I was growing up, you know, my mom came from India. She was like the first one to come. She brought her, like her whole family over. So there was actually, there were nine of us living in a three bedroom apartment and all, all, each of us had our own room. So it was like yeah. my was in one room, my uncle's was in one room, my aunts and my grandma were in another room. So I hear that, man. You know, it, it's uh, and we had, you know, we all shared a bathroom too. So, <laughs> I, yeah. I, yeah. So I know, like, so there's, you've had like mentors in your life, from what I gather, and so I know, like, you know, you've gotten into some trouble as a kid. You know, you're you're like a ur- urban kid who's into art. You know, you yeah. doing some graffiti and all that sort of stuff. Um, were you like natural, like when you were a kid, like in kindergarten or first grade were you like just a naturally gifted artist like it was just something that was inside of you like you were able to just you know sketch stuff out yeah i mean i wasn't like i was naturally like in love with drawing always always i just and and nobody told me like oh just start drawing i just always drew four years old five years old six years old. i was always drawing then uh i remember this guy from the neighborhood he was like an older dude he used to like kind of like mentor me or give me tips as like a seven-year-old eight-year-old and he told me about like well actually I was already into graffiti so like as a first grader I would like my biggest like trouble was always like drawing all over my whole notebook like the whole notebook like and she would my teacher would always tell my mom like the mom needs to stop drawing all over the notebook like it's just such a mess like it's just everywhere um so I would just draw letters graffiti all this stuff and then uh, that guy told me, um, he gave me like a name. It was, at first, my, my first graffiti name was Lil One. I remember he told me like, you, you're Lil One, you're gonna be like the, he, he was actually this, this is why I'm not gonna even say his name. He was actually a drug dealer. He's like, your name is Lil One, you're gonna be like the, the littlest one out of all of the graffiti writers. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna do that, Lil One. So I started doing that. I was like eight years old, nine years old. I would just do like little Sharpie tags and stuff around. And then, um it was so I was just focused on graffiti because that was like what was around me like my friends that drew I was always known like in elementary school I was always known as like the best artist in the class or or the school but no one else was really an artist and 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 the kids that I met in middle school that were artists were into graffiti so I was just like fully into that um and then and then the, the way I got arrested wasn't even like really my fault I mean yeah it wasn't even really my fault like uh I could, I could, I could tell you how that happened if you're interested. Of course, man. Get into it. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, we used to have like these graffiti crews and meetups, right? So, um, we would like all get on AIM and like make a group chat on AIM and like talk about where we're gonna meet and uh, we're gonna all bring our black books and maybe tag like tag each other's books and stuff. So, um, I had a meeting with some people at Hunt Point in the Bronx. So, we met up in like a McDonald's and it's like maybe like 20 of us in this McDonald's, right? And I, ended up, I think we ended up getting kicked out because it was just so many of us. So um, one of the guys there, and a lot of them I didn't even know. A lot of them I just met that day. So one of the guys there was like, yo, we out to, we out to our hood and stuff. And I didn't even know them, but I was like, all right, we're going to go. So I, I went with them to some street and we were like sitting. Now it was like 30 of us because more people showed up. So it was like 30 of us. We we're on this big, long staircase. And we're all like tagging each other's books and stuff. And then um, these two guys are like, 
like, yo, there's this nice rooftop across the street where we should go tag it. And the other guy's like, all right, yeah, let's do it. So they took out like the spray cans out of their book bag and they went and like they went, we were all like, tagging each other's notebooks and stuff. And then 10 minutes later, they come back and they're like, oh, this, this old fucking lady's like screaming out the window that she's going to call the cops. Like, like, fuck her. Like she called the cops, but fuck them. And it's right across the street. So they come back still with us. We're all tagging notebooks. The police pull up slowly. Right. And then they turn on their siren and they drove up. And so out of the 30, maybe like 25 just got up as like a mob and just started walking away. And five of us, because in my head, as soon as they did that, I thought like, like, yo, like you're making it obvious that like you did something, you're, you're acting guilty. So 25 left, five stood. And we all said the same thing. Like, like, oh, they, they, they're, they're like, they're making it hot. They're making it obvious. We're not going to leave. So instead of going to the 25 people, the cops just ignored them like they couldn't handle them so they just went up to us and like yo we got a call that you're doing graffiti and we're like we didn't do any graffiti and we're blatantly like drawing graffiti in these notebooks and we're like now nah, what are the, they're like what are the chances that you're doing graffiti in these notebooks anyway so they were like we're gonna let you guys go but just fucking go home you little kids and then one of the guys i didn't even know any of them or the four guys i didn't know any of them so one of the guys is like oh like fuck you pig i hate cops and the guy's like the cop is like oh just go home and he's he's like no can, can i curse on this podcast <laughs> the, the guy's like oh fuck you like you're a bitch and the cop is like just go home just go home little like pussy like they're just talking back i'm like oh my god just like be quiet let's just go home like anyway then the guy the guy i was with punches a mailbox and he just punches it He's like, oh, I fucking hate cops. And he punches the mailbox and the cop's like, what? All right, now you guys are all going in. And we just all got arrested right then and there. I got taken to the bookings at Hunts Point and stuff. And 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 uh, yeah, we, we that, that's how it happened. So what happened? Did your grandma have to come pick you up? Or? Yeah, I was living with my mom at the time. Um, So they took my phone for like evidence or something like that. They took, I had a sidekick. They took my sidekick. And, and, I, and I was, and, and they kept, like, when we were in the bookings, like, arrested next to each other, it, it was a Friday. They kept saying, the, the cop would, like, keep coming into the door and saying, like, oh, you guys know it's Friday, right? Like, if, if nobody comes to, like, pick you up, like, you staying over the weekend in jail. And, and I'm, like, I'm, like, so nervous, like, oh, my God, can you please call my mom? Like, go into my phone. Anyway, they were, like, oh, we'll see, we'll see. They finally go into my phone, and I said, call my mom. And, and so they called my mom, and my mom was, like, they said, oh, your mom said to leave you in here. Like, you want to be doing graffiti, you're going to jail. I was like, no, like, and that's something my mom would do. Like, I'm like, just please call my grandma, call my grandma, please. And they were like, all right, we'll try your grandma. My grandma came right away, like came pick me up with my aunt. They, they were like, they were like this. I, I was, so I was in the bookings for like maybe four hours with these guys. And, um, and, and they were saying things like, like guys, since we got arrested together, um, we got arrested together, guys. We gonna we gonna stay together. You know, if we gotta like, if I gotta stab somebody for you, and I'm like, whoa, I gotta get out of here. Like, <laughs> like please call my grandma. I'm like, can you call my grandma? Like, and uh, my my. So anyway, my grandma. So I was there for like four hours, and then my grandma finally showed up, and uh, she was disappointed. But at that point, I didn't care. I was out of there. Like, <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. Wow. So. I, I think I know in a lot of the interviews that I read, that was kind of like a turning point. Like it seemed yeah. to you like in terms of like, you know, how are you gonna how you were going to express your art. 
And um, I don't know if this is exactly accurate, if the timeline is accurate, but that's kind of when you got into sketching portraits from what I understand, right? Is it around then? Like, like uh, it, it was a little bit after. So I think that was, uh, that was seventh or eighth grade. And, and I was always uh, into art, but when I thought of art, I thought of graffiti. So even after that, I didn't like, I, I just stopped like drawing on the streets or like, you know, like tagging, but I was still drawing graffiti in notebooks. Cause you know, that was, that's what I do. That's what I love to do at the time. So um, we, we got given this high school directory book in eighth grade on like all the different high schools. And like, my mom wasn't like involved in like, my, we were like me, my brother, and my sister. We were like little adults. Like we, do, like she didn't take over. Like so, we basically had to decide which schools we're going to. So I was flipping through the book, and I saw the high school of art and design, and I was like, I was like, wow, high school of art and design, and it's in Midtown Manhattan. I'm from the South Bronx. It's a you know, it's a whole different world. You're from New York, you know, like Midtown 59th Street and Lexington is like way different from Brook Avenue where I'm from. So um. I'm like, I'm gonna go here. This is this is cool. So I put that as my I put that as my first choice and I had an audition. So I noticed like I think I, I Googled like how to make an art portfolio and like they you needed to make like um portraits, figures, still lifes, landscapes, cityscapes, use graphite drawings, use a variety of, of media and stuff. And I didn't know what any of that stuff meant, but like I tried my best. Um so I I I would draw like a portrait and and a try to draw a landscape and uh it, it was um it, it was so bad that that like I didn't get accepted so I had to go to my zone school Samuel Gompers which is a terrible school so Gompers was ninth grade where I met my art teacher Jane, Jeremy Harper so that's where I started like getting into sketching and realism and portraits a, a year later so um I said that's actually it's funny because that, that was the next thing I wanted to talk to you about so you know I, like the role of mentors, I think is so. There's always like a couple of people in everyone's life. If you're open to it and your eyes are open to it and your your consciousness is open to it, that can really like move your life in, not in like the right direction or in a direction you know, that's that's uh, that's gonna make allow you to have progress. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is this gentleman. What was his name? Your art teacher. Um, Mr. Harper. Mr. Harper. So you know, Mr. Harper. I guess you know you would you you didn't get into the high school that you wanted to go to you know um but he said hey, listen, let me help you put your portfolio together and you know this is how you do it he kind of took you under his wing and mentored you yeah and he like you know helped you it sounds like you know he helped you put your portfolio together it's kind of like your first real well maybe not your first mentor maybe the the graffiti the drug dealer with the graffiti was your first yeah. was your first art mentor but maybe this was your second mentor so yeah. like, this is how you do it and i'm going to help you get into this school and then you reapplied and you got in right yeah 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 he i, I told him like like, yo, I didn't want to be here, like, but I didn't even know that that school gompers would, would have such a great art class, you know, because it's like, it, it shut down right now. Like, it, it shut down the next year because uh, the graduation rate and the overall school grade had an F, and uh, it, it closed down with, like, four other schools that year, um, and the attendance rate was low, and the, the violence was high. It was just, it was just bad, so... Um, so I wasn't expecting them to even have a great art class. And, and so when I met the teacher, I was like, oh my God, I, I love this class. I learned about stuff that I, I never even knew about. Like, I remember the first lesson he showed like a documentary on, um, the, the first lesson was actually on graffiti. That's it's funny. And he showed a, a documentary on um, Keith Haring and, and, uh, 
and I, I remember the moment where he goes, it, it, it showed like, it said, Keith Haring goes, went to the School of Visual Arts and it showed the school and the teacher goes, oh yeah, so this is where I went, right? And I was just like, holy, like this guy is like famous. Like how did Keith Haring, who's super famous, went to this school and, and this guy in front of me went there like, all right, I gotta listen to him. Like he knows what he's talking about. And then he showed us like his drawings and I was just like, I never met somebody like this in my life. Like, like if I got to focus on, cause I already loved it. So it was just natural. I'm like, I got to focus on this. And so I told him, I was like, I came up to him after class. I'm like, Hey, um, I didn't want to be in this school. I wanted to go to I actually apply to the high school of art and design. I didn't get it accepted. And I showed him my portfolio and he was like, Oh yeah, we got to work on this. Like, he's like, don't worry. We're going to all year we're going to have lessons come after school. Um, I'll, I'll get, I'll get you together. We, you could, he's like, you could reapply as a, cause you can only get in as a ninth grader and a 10th grader. He's like 10th grade. We'll get you in. We're, we're going to work on this. Like we had like six months or something. So, and then, and then we like do, and then I had to do another audition. Wow. And, yeah. Are you still in touch with him? Yeah. He actually, I had him on Facebook for years and then uh, he had deleted his Facebook. I don't know what happened. So we lost touch like for like, four or five years but recently he got on instagram and hit me up maybe like five months ago or something so we've been in touch uh now and he's he's super Wait. proud he, he he uh yeah he told me because I, I i reminded him that um because he's like yo you're, you're killing he's like you're killing it i can't believe this like i remember you you were just a, a young hungry kid in the south bronx and i can't believe you took it to this level and i told him like yo don't forget that i got it from you because he not only the what I have never made it into art and design without him, like that's that's a hundred percent fact. There's no way because I would have never um did practice the the portraits and the still lives and or who knows who knows if I would have, but he like sat down. Well, everybody had to sit down for an hour and 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 draw during the class or forty five minutes or whatever that class was, but he like gave me extra attention. I came after school and he, he focused on me like, all right, you're gonna this is what they want to see for your portfolio. They want to see this, they want to see that. And he, he would like show me the, cause other kids weren't even interested like that. So he would like sit down with me, show me like, all right, this is a sphere. The reason why the shadows go gradually into the lights is because it's a round ball. This is how you create form. This is how you cross hatch. This is how you, and, and I was just so fascinated by it. And I just followed everything he said. Um, but what I was going to say is I told him like, uh, don't forget who showed me the subway sketches because he showed me um his sketchbook of of uh of, of him and i think i told him like yo i want to see your sketches of you when you were in college because because i knew he was great like i think he was like 40 i knew he was great as a grown man i was like i want to see you um as like a student like my age or something to be inspired or, or see what i'm supposed to do and he came the next day he was like yo devon you said you wanted to see my my old sketchbook this is me in sva this is what i drew so i'm flipping through it and i noticed that the sketches were of people on the subway i was like is this on the subway and he goes yeah yeah you know on your off time you should always practice drawing people on the subway and and i i was like i was like do you ask them like that's weird like do you get permission he was like no i just i just like to draw people from life like you're gonna get a variety of, of faces and shapes and different noses different mouths different like he's like if you sketch on the subway like it's, it's great practice so i told him like remember who showed me about drawing people on the subway like like I, I, I was like given that, you know, like I was inspired by him to do it, you know? And he was just like, he's like, nah, man, but I didn't take it to the levels you're taking it to. And I'm like, nah, but like you made, like, I told him like, you made me like 
basically. I mean, I put in a lot of work, but he, he got me. I mean, I had to make the drawings, but he got me in the school and got me like inspired me to do what I'm doing right now, which is nuts. Like that was that was like given to me by the by the universe or something, you know, like it's crazy. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Um, yeah, that's really I don't know to me, man. That's what like life is all about. It's almost bringing me it's emotional. It's bringing me to tears almost. I mean, that's such a beautiful story. Um, and I love that. Like, you know, that's what it, that's what this podcast is all about. Like, yeah. something to hear that story and be like, "Holy shit!" My teachers really care about me, or like people in the world that I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. And you know, want to like help me? You know, yeah, yeah. Just, just like took you under his wing, man. Just because you know you showed an interest and you were interested in it. You know, yeah. I love it, man. That's just so cool. You know. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. God, you got reconnected with that guy, man. Because, uh, you know, sorry. <laughs> That yeah. guy connected. Sorry to make you cry. <laughs> it's just cool that, like, you know, it's just it's just cool that he got to see your success. Yeah, yeah. He was a part in it, you know. So that's it's awesome, man. I love it. Yeah, yeah, huge part. It's 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 kind of nuts. And then uh, and then I remember when I finally got accepted, I didn't even want to tell anybody because so my, my boy Yanyao, he had to go to the the guidance counselor for something, and uh, so I did the whole portfolio. I had a uh, it's it's kind of sad too because my best friend in that school, his name was Yan. I had two best friends, Yanyao and Carlos. Carlos was more into because my friends were like naturally like artists. That's what I would gravitate to. My, Carlos was like more into graffiti, um, so I still would like do graffiti with him, like on books. You know, I wasn't trying to get arrested again, so I would still do graffiti with him and stuff. Uh, but my boy Yanyao was really into drawing realistic. This kid could draw anything. Like I was amazed by him like he would sit next to me and and i'll be like hey draw like a skull and he would just draw a realistic skull and like just so naturally gifted and he i was just like yo i want to be like you like so I, I was like with him all the time and we were both sitting next to each other in harper's class like always drawing so we had a plan to both oh this story is like so sad to me because we had a plan to both go into art and design and he lived i live in the south bronx so for me to get to midtown Art and design on the sixth train, Brook Ave to, to to 59th Street in Lexington. I could get there in 20 minutes, like take the express super fast. Um, where he lives more uptown in the Bronx, it would take him like, I think he told me like either an hour and, or an hour and 20 minutes. So we both worked on our portfolio. And when it was time for audition, I hit him up on Facebook, like, yo, you ready? And he's like, yo, to come to think about it, like, is, is, is like mad far, bro. I'm like, who cares? Like this school's gonna like change us. And he's like, He's like, yo, it's going to take me, I don't live down there like you do, like in the South Bronx. I live uptown in the Bronx. It's going to take me like an hour and 20 minutes, like the commute every day. Like I'd rather just stay in Gompers. And I kept trying to convince him and, and he just didn't want to anymore. So I was like, all right, I'm just going on my own. So I went, did the audition. Uh, I felt way more confident because uh, that first year when I went, all the kids that are there, they, they all like, like, oh, nice to meet you. Who are you? Let me show you my, my portfolio. I already kind of knew from the, from before we started the audition that the first time, like from showing each other's portfolios, I was like, yo, these kids are like better than me, like, like way better. Like these kids, how do they even know how to draw like that? So second year round, I felt way better after everything Harper taught me. I was like, oh, I'm ready. So I went and then like, I don't know how many months later, maybe two months later, yeah, Neil had to go to the guidance counselor for something else, like change the schedule or something. And the lady was like, oh, Devon, that's you. I have a letter for you from that art and design school. And I was like, okay, cool. So she passes me the letter and, and, and uh, I take it and I just like 
I, I just take it. And I was gonna leave, and she's like, "Wait, aren't you gonna open it like in front of me?" And I was like, "I mean, like I was like, nah, I'll, I'll look at it later." And she's like, "No, I want to see. It. Like I'm interested." And I was like, "All right, let's. All right, I guess." Because I didn't. If I got in, I didn't want anybody to know. But anyway, I, I'll tell you why after. So so I open it, and it said like, "Congratulations." you got accepted into art and design. And I remember distinctly at the bottom, cause I was, I was like hyped about this. It said at the bottom, like, you don't have to do any more paperwork, anything else, no more action required. The only thing you have to do, finish up the year and September, you're already, your name is already in for art and design. Just go to art and design in September. I was like, oh my God, that's easy. So I told Yanyel, like, Yanyel, don't tell anybody. Cause, cause my friends, like at the time, like I just felt like they were gonna like, be mad or feel some type of way and 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 around that time I was going it was the same time while I was going through the ACS thing so I had a plan I knew I was going to get removed from my home which was uh like a broken home that I didn't want to be in and I was going to get put with my grandma who was like a who had like a very good home and um you know where we had like food on the table all the time it was just it was just a good home I knew I was going to get put in a good home. So now I'm like coming from like a bad school to a good school. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to use this to change my life. I, I can't tell any of these friends because if I tell them that maybe they would have been fine with it, but I just felt like at the time they would have said like, yo, you're switching up on us, bro. You're trying to leave the hood to go to Midtown. Like you acting bougie or I don't know what they would have said. So I just kept it a secret. And I told Mr. Harper, Mr. Harper was super proud. He's like, yo, I knew you were going to get in. Of course you got in. I'm like, don't tell anybody. He's like, all right, like, if you don't want me to tell anybody, I won't. And then I started the next year at Art and Design. And, and yeah. Wow. It's funny. One of the things that I talk about in like in my content is the people that you, like your, your friends and like the people that are in your family and stuff, those are typically the folks that are the most judgmental when you want to make a positive change in your life. And, you know, what you said just basically captures that, you know, like you were afraid to tell your crew that, hey, I want to make this change because they'd be like, oh, man, what do you think you're better than us? And Yeah, yeah, exactly. That kind of stuff. Totally, man. But, you know, you, sometimes you got to do you and do what's right for you, you know, because it's a hard thing to do because, you know, that judgment is tough sometimes, you know, but it probably turned out everyone was probably proud of you anyways and happy. Yeah. For you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they uh, they hit me up the next year, like in September, like, yo, bro, how you why you missed the first day of school? Why you missed the second day of school? I'm like, oh, sorry, bro. I ended up transferring. Like, like what? Like, yeah, you're allowed to explain it to do. <laughs> no, right, like no but they, they were they were happy that's awesome man so i know like a big another big mentor that you had was john ahern who's like you know just this, this super famous sculptor um sort yeah. of legendary artist from the south bronx been there for a long time yeah uh, who's like you know just like an older white dude that went to like an ivy league college but you know he's kind of settled into the art enclave there so you, you met him at an art show in in the south bronx was that from your first year of high school or was this after you were at uh the arts high school yeah so so i art and design um i had uh i met my painting teacher james harrington and uh he was the advanced placement art teacher uh so i got accepted into that class and that that school is amazing like every year like the teachers would just randomly announce like oh we got this internship here we got this internship there and i would always take them like i was always interested in like art internships and and uh they were all paid and i, I would have done it anyway like i was just I, I wish I wanted to be in that like so bad. So my my um my sophomore year, I got an internship at the Museum of Arts and Design, which is in Columbus Circle. It's like it's separated. And then uh, junior year, I had um Society of Illustrators, and then um 
senior year was that internship that, that my art teacher, my painting teacher said like, hey, Devon, don't, don't you, most of those internships were like announced in the class and like, nobody was like really interested. Maybe a few people applied, but I was always like, yeah, give me, give me, I'm gonna apply. Um, but senior year, the, he just came up to me and he was just like, yo, don't you live in the South Bronx? There's like, there's a gallery there um, that has an internship. And I was like, what, really? Like I grew up in the South Bronx. I never heard of a gallery there. Like, anyway, I looked at it. It was like three blocks away from me. Like there's a gallery here. And like, I've passed by it before. Like at the time, I'm like, oh yeah, I did pass by it. And there was like some art, but it was very like low key and like no one really knew about it. So, uh, so, so I did uh, my internship there senior year and, um, it's funny no one even like really visited <laughs> at all like I was just at the front desk and I just had to like tell people about the art that was there or, like speak to them and nobody really showed up so I was just like doing my homework at the desk for the most part and just being on my phone like looking at Instagram and stuff but um there was a director there who was my boss her name is Linda Cun Linda Cunningham so I, I asked her like hey could I have a an art show here and she was like nah like they're all like professional artists like like we already have like some things booked up and stuff like that. she didn't really want to do it and I was just like all right cool and then one day I invited her to this art show I had um at my high school in the lobby there was a gallery there was a gallery lo uh, lobby gallery in the high school of art and design so I had an art show there and and she I invited her she came and she was like oh my god your work is really great and you have these two other friends that I really like love their work um and then uh or three other friends, it was me, Craig, Anishka, and Paulina. And um, she was like, I really want to include your work. And I was I was like, all right. So um, she was like, oh, but we could do like a weekend show. And I was like, okay, cool. So we did a weekend show. It was called like, it, it was for all portraits. We all did portraits. And we had a weekend show and she, she was like, I'm going to invite my whole mailing list. And I was like, okay, cool. And then on the mailing list was Johnny Hearn. So he showed up and uh, he, he came up to me and he was just like, uh, yo, th this painting is a masterpiece. Like it's, I remember he told me that like it's a, and we actually have a talk at the Smithsonian coming up. It's going to be on Zoom. It was going to be in person, but it got canceled and I was going to be on Zoom in, uh, in January. Um, but yeah, so he was just like, yo, this, this, this is a, this is a masterpiece. Like, and we, we just been friends since then. It was a subway oil painting. Yeah, yeah it was a subway oil painting. Yeah. Basically you would snap a picture with your phone and then paint it. You know? Yeah. Then paint it. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Did you know who he was? Um, I no, I my friend at the time that I was interning with, there was an, another guy that was there. Um, he would like come on different days. Some days he would come on the same day. He he actually told me, um, like, yo, you know who that guy was? And I was like, no. He's like, he's an amazing sculptor. His name was is Johnny here and stuff. So like, I looked him up on the spot. I was just like, all right, let me like Google him. And I looked at all his sculptures. I was like, oh my god, his work is amazing. And we didn't exchange contact. And so I saw him on the train in 125th Street, maybe like two months later. I was like, I was like, hey. You ran, just ran into him on the subway? Yeah, just randomly. I, I saw him. I was like, hey, hey, John, Um, I don't know if you remember me. He was like, um, he's like, remind me? I was like, I did the subway painting. He's like, oh, yes, of course. He's like, that's a masterpiece. I still think about it to this day. And and this was like two months after. He's like, he's like, come to my studio. Let, let's, let's, um come, come see my work, come, come hang out. And I was like, all right, I went to a studio, which was like five blocks away from my house in the South Bronx. And he showed me all the, all these sculptures and, and, uh, 
he was talking to me about art, showing me these art books and stuff, and I was just so fascinated. And and then he was he was like, oh, we we should do a a cast of you. And I was like, all right. So he did a sculpture of me. That was a uh, twenty twenty seventeen, twenty sixteen. One of those. He did two. He did two of you, right? Because there was like the Rodriguez twins or something. That was that. Yeah, art. yeah, yeah. He he actually did. He, he did four. Like he he actually did four. He, he so he did the first one, right? And before he did it, he always told me, like, he was, like, smiling this way because I want to capture, he, he told me, like, I want to capture this innocence you have about you. And I was like, all right. So he was like, hold this smile. So he did the he did the portrait. And and he's like, Devon, I didn't quite get it. Like, I didn't get, I didn't capture the innocence. Like, he kept saying that. Like, I was like, all right. Like, so he was like, let's do it again. So we did it a second time. We ended up doing it four times. And the fourth time, he was like, all right, I got it. I got it. This is it. This, this is the masterpiece. Like, I, I love it. So. So what did you pour plaster on you? Like, how does he do that? Yeah, I, I don't know exactly like the terminology and stuff, but it, it's a yeah, it's like a, a mold. But he puts I, I don't know what it's called the the material he puts on your face, and then it like settles in for like thirty minutes, and you have to like breathe through these straws. Damn. And then uh, yeah, you have to like stay very calm and like meditate almost, because if not, you feel like you're drowning, but you can't like let it get to you. Some people like panic and they're like, I got to because I've seen him like do it on other people. And they're like, all right, I got to get out of here, but just got to stay calm. And then um, you come out the mold and he puts like plaster in the mold and then comes out like perfect. And he like scopes out the eyes. He makes some changes and stuff, roughs it up because he doesn't like for it to be too smooth. Then he paints it. And uh, yeah. I mean, they're amazing. Like, I checked, you know, obviously he was a finalist also. Amazingly, he was a finalist, like, you know, representing you. In these, yeah, yeah. You know, it was plaster molds. And then your your entry three years. So he was 2016. I think you were 2019. Like, yeah, what, yeah. And you were, your work was a was a, a portrait of him. Which, yeah. Which was, which is incredible. I mean, everyone should just Google it and just see. Because yeah, your sketches, you know, which are obviously incredible, but... I mean, the painting is like nuts. It literally just looks like a, you're looking at a friggin' picture, you know? It's, oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, like the, uh, like I, f I feel like a, a lot of new followers don't really, cause I haven't really put out my, many oil paintings since, uh, <laughs> since, uh, since t TikTok and stuff. But, um, I feel like a lot of new followers don't like know my painting work, so I have to get back to that. <laughs> well, they should just check out your website, man. I mean, you should plug it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, okay. what, yeah just what your just what, like what's your website so, so folks can check it out. Oh, it's devonrodriguezart.com. Everyone should check it out. It's awesome. Um, actually, there's a lot of great content on it in general, but I mean, obviously, your artwork speaks for itself, and it's yeah, your breath of what you're capable of. Yeah, thank you. Hey, man, so I just, I, I know, so you graduate. we're going to get back into some of this stuff, but you graduated high school. You know, I think John was probably played a big role in your life. You know, he, at that point, he's an artist who's successful, and, you know, it sounds like he kind of took you under his wing and was like, you know, you should go to college to, you know, get an education and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you went to, you went to FIT. Yeah. If you speak, it's funny. Cause if you speak to John, he always says like, like you never take advice. Like if you ask him like, like what advice do you give him? He'll tell you blatantly. Like I give Devon all this advice. And he never takes it. But, uh, I mean, I do take advice. It's just that I wanted to take it to like a different route. Like, like when I wanted to leave college, he was just like, don't do that. You need college. Don't leave college. Art school's good. Take this route. And I always wanted to take like do my own work and like take it to the social media route, which which now it worked. You know, now it worked like up until like, you know, with TikTok and all of that. But uh 
which I don't want to say that I knew it would, but I was hoping it would. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I dropped out of college. I like sacrificed that. And um, well, you were making money, right? So I know there's like, I guess one of the things I read is like some art gallery in like Boulder or Aspen, somewhere in Colorado. Yeah, I was like selling your shit. Like, you know, you were getting commission to to paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, I, I was, um, I, I was doing. Like I would get my own commissions from Instagram and then like get commissions here and there from people I met. Um, so I was like selling my work, but some, some months were like dry months, you know, where I wasn't making anything, but I was living with my grandma. So it didn't really matter. Um, which, which is a whole other blessing, you know, like that's a privilege. Imagine I had to, you know, pay rent and stuff, uh, you know, so I didn't, I, yeah, I was like 19. I wasn't paying rent. So you know, that, that's a whole privilege, you know, to live in New York City, even though I'm in the South Bronx, which is one of the worst neighborhoods, but I'm still in New York City. I still have access to Midtown, which is like, still have access to New York City, best city in the world, you know, so I had a lot of privileges in that way. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was I was getting commissions here and there. I would have group shows in that gallery every every now and then. Um, in Colorado? Yeah. You'd fly well, like, like, like it'd be a whole show of like a group of many artists and I'd have one painting there. So you'd send the painting or you'd go there personally? I, I would like ship it there, yeah. How'd they find you? Just from Instagram? Yeah, yeah, just from Instagram, yeah. So, and then people would buy your art and like, you know, they would ask you to send another one or like, how does that work? They, they would just contact me like, hey, we have this show like that you, like a figure show or a portrait show. We think your work fits. Like we have like 30 artists. Like, can you have a, can you submit a painting? Sometimes like I was like busy with commissions, so I didn't have time. Sometimes I'll have a painting to send to them. Um, but it was very like, um, it, it wasn't too many. It wasn't, it wasn't like too many. Yeah. So, but you were making money as an artist. Like, I think, I mean, from what I gather, and this you correct me. Yeah, yeah, no, I was. Yeah, yeah. Like when you left school, you're like, shit, I'm making money doing what I, what I want to do. So why do I need to be in school? It was like sort of, you fo I'm sure you follow Gary V on social media, but yeah. do you? Yeah. 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 As like a very Gary V type of thing. It's like, you know, you don't really need to go to school to do what you do. You're already doing it. Yeah. That's very much like the mindset I was in. I was just like, like, why am I going to get a degree if like, cause I didn't, I had, my time was tied up with school but I also had commissions. So sometimes I had finished school, finished all my classes, finished all my projects, and I'd be way too tired to even do my schoolwork. And I'm like, I mean, do my commission work and my real, what I, I felt like this was like my real, like career or industry work, you know? So I'm like, if I'm already started in my career and this is like holding my career back, why don't I just leave? And then every like client that I had, they never, like cared about an art degree so i was just like you know what i'm just gonna leave i'm gonna like i'm just gonna try to like sell my work on social media i'm gonna try to make it as like an artist and, and um on my own and just you know social media is such a blessing now like if maybe if i maybe if this was 20 years ago that plan would have failed i'm just at home like painting and who, who's gonna see it but like at the time i'm like i have instagram i'm gonna post everything i make hopefully someone's impressed hopefully people keep buying it you know, cause, cause I, I basically live off well at the time, basically live off emails or DMS. Like somebody hits me up, you know, I got to just hope and pray that this painting is good enough to convince the next person and stuff. So, and, and I was confident enough to like drop out at the time. So, and it's working out so far, but we'll, we'll see if it keeps going. <laughs> yeah. I think it was one of the best decisions you probably made, man. <laughs> right. 
So, yeah, just talk to me a little bit about like the sketches that you do. Are those done like in real time? Like you know, like you're literally just sitting. Like if I'm sitting across from you on the six train, you'll sketch me out for the ride, and then it'll be done. Or does you like have to go yeah. home and finish it? Yeah. Um. Some of them I'll do like finishing touches at home. So how long does it take you to do one of those? Like from beginning to end? Maybe like fifty minutes. That's yeah. five zero. That's it. Yeah. So sometimes they they go they go over all the, that little shadow work. What was that? Sorry, I didn't. I, didn't. I mean, even because you, I, I, love it, I love at the end where you have like the white pen and like you're doing all the shadows, like the fine shadows and the fine detail. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what stuff is called about an artist, but uh, it's just it's amazing. The highlights, yeah, yeah, the highlights. I mean, it's so mesmerizing, like watching your work. It's just I can't believe someone is capable of doing that. It's just such an incredible yeah. talent, you know. Thank you. Yeah, do, do you um. Yeah, th those videos have been like the most like best thing that I've ever done in my life in terms of like like popularity and and like going viral like and, and like from a non-artist perspective like cuz cuz you know I, I, my paintings are way harder like to paint and to mix colors and to do a full on painting is 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 way harder these sketches are like much easier and and I, I never you know I didn't think um they would go that far, you know, where like a bunch of like non-artists would love them. So like, I want to ask like, as a non-artist, like, like what what is it about them that's so like fascinating? Cause, cause I could see as an artist, like, oh, like this technique, I could learn from that. Or like they, I know other artists like tell me they learn from my process. Like, cause they, some people would assume that like, I start off drawing a detail, but I start off with like a scribble and then it just progresses and progresses. And they're like, yeah. It's the whole process is just so fucking crazy. Like I, so for me, like watching the, you go through, I mean, it's like what a TikTok's like maximum sixty second video. Yeah. It's just, um, it's first of all, it's relatable, right? So yeah. it's like I, I could never do that, you know. Like I just, you know, I, I can't. But it just seems like someone could learn how to do that. Like it's, it's. I mean, the truth is, you're amazingly gifted, but you make it look so easy. Yeah. And, something that's so appealing about that like wow like you know this literally you have like a pad and like basically i don't know how many pencils and stuff you have but it can't be that many you're sitting on the subway so one. <laughs> right one pencil and then that one highlighting pen or you know yeah, yeah. and it. it's it's so it, I, i'm just so captivated by it and like you also see it like from beginning to end so it's so satisfying so a lot of what i have on social media are these pimple popping videos and like you know yeah, i've seen them yeah love them like they just like go crazy they go viral because it's also it's, it's something that's like it's quick there's a beginning and there's an end you know yeah people love to watch yeah and like you can actually see the whole process so you know i see in the beginning where you're just trying to do this rough sketch and it, you know kind of just looks like someone just sketches it real quick and all of a sudden like it's just this crazy thing that looks like a picture and like it's and the other thing about it is and this is actually something i was going to talk about later but now's the perfect time to bring it up is so that painting you did of John Ahern, you know, like that one that was, you know, that you won the award, the were finalists in the Smithsonian competition. There's a quote that, yeah, I, just, I actually wrote it down because I, I thought it was just so beautiful. And you said, this is exactly what you said. And first of all, it's, people should look at this painting because it literally, it's amazing. It, it's, it looks like a picture. And just to kind of, I'm, I know I'm a little bit all over the place, but the reason why the painting, you look at a painting and it's amazing, right? And you're just like, you just know that I could never do that. Like, there's just no way in hell. That's just so, the talent that it takes to do that, it takes like some insane professional, you know, to be able to even make something like that. So when I look at that painting, I'm just like, wow. You know, it's just like watching Michael Jordan. You know, it's just like something that you're just mesmerized by because it's like literally looks like a picture. 
and it's so crisp and just amazing, you know. But there's something about the sketch where it's like, oh, it's cool. Like you know, with minimal tools, someone can make something amazing. And you know, that's just like a relatable part of it. So that's part of the appeal. But what you said about like, and and this is something that's true of your sketches. You said, and everyone, I everyone's got oh, you. She got to put a picture of this painting up on the podcast. And you know, everyone needs to see this because it's fucking incredible. Uh, but it's no, I'm not surprised you're a finalist out of like you know thousands of people. But you said. I wanted to portray him as I saw him, an intense, anxious artist with a hint of anguish. Something that I learned from his work is that every portrait he does transmits something about the subject's psychology, whether it's intentional or not. There's an honesty to what it does. And that's what's amazing about your sketches is you can kind of like feel that person. You know, yeah. there's like some kind of energy that's emitted, you know, whether it's someone with a million shopping bags and their kids toting with them. You just know like – you can feel that hustle of what it's like being a single mom going downtown to the dollar store or whatever it is, getting all your shit and taking it back to your apartment. Or like someone reading like this hipster reading the New York magazine that lives in like Park Slope or, you know, some some hip place in Brooklyn. And you really convey that, you know. So it's not only is it like there's a, a relatability to the art itself, but there's something that the art speaks to, like, speaks to me, even as a New Yorker, especially like it's just like you kind of get a. You can make a story up about the person like, oh, yeah, you know, I know someone like that. And, yeah, you know, it's cool. It's just something that's so relatable. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, I'm like an I'm like a like a overthinker and like an overanalyzer, you know, so like if I talk to someone like after I'll like think about like what I said or like what they said or like if I'm even before I was drawing, like if I if I saw someone, you know, I would like overanalyze like what they're wearing or like, oh, what does this say about them? Or, like, what does this say? Or like, I remember when I used to go from um midtown uh high school of art and design back home i noticed that like after 86th street or like 90 90s 96 or whatever that stop is um i would notice like the demographics of the people changing and then i would notice like the clothing changing like the shopping bags they had would change like uh the kinds of people and and i would always overthink it and think like all right what does that mean why is that happening why is this neighborhood you know um more more crime in this neighborhood why is these kinds of people get off uh and and anyway so i was just i was very observant and like always love to people watch and oh and like listen to things and and uh yeah so it just went hand in hand with drawing it you know i'm just it's, it's fun to draw you know like it's, it's just fun to draw like a, a different things every every time you know like whether um um like I, I drew this woman with, with the Century 21 bag. She had like three Century 21 bags. And I was just thinking like while drawing it, like why does she have so many bags? Like, and then I posted on Instagram and somebody commented like, oh, rest in peace, Century 21. They went out of business. She took advantage of the sale. And I was like, oh, wow. Like that's like a, you know, every every drawing has a story to, to it. Whether, you know, like I didn't put it in, like they gave me that story and I just documented it. You know, it's cool. Yeah, well, it's, it is really cool, man. And it's just, you know, obviously you have a million followers for the same reason probably why I follow you. It's, it's just such, there's something so compelling about looking at it. And you can kind of, and you and you capture that very well, especially with like people wearing masks. Like it's like their eyes and their gestures have to tell their story. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, and or, or they're like, um, you know, the way they're sitting or, you know, like w w something about them, like gives away a piece of their story. And you don't know their story as much as we don't know their story. But yeah. Something that's I don't know. It's just magic, man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. There's a lot of like there's a lot of like luck involved, you know, like 
I always tell people like, I'm very lucky because, because, you know, I do work hard. I have been grinding for 10 years, but I mean, I, I don't know if, if I would even call it hard work because, because, you know, I've been, like I said, I've been drawing since five, you know, it's something that I just naturally do. So it's not like somebody, I, somebody needs to motivate me. I just do it. But like, I've been doing it for 10 years, but also the only reason I went viral was because, um, so I had a, a little wait list of commissions, um, maybe like three or four months. Right. So, um, during the pandemic, I was very blessed to have work, even though even from the beginning of March, you know, I'm quarantined in, but I already have a list of commissions I got to do once I finish this painting, I got to do this guy's painting and I already have the photographs I got to do this guy's painting. Um, but sorry, excuse me. When, when the pandemic started, I thought like, oh my God, that would be so cool to paint, to paint. And I, I would like never draw like ever, like I would just paint for years. I, I, I rarely drew ever. So um, I would really do sketches. Like, you know, I kind of stopped doing the sketches a long time ago, but um, I'm like, it would be so cool if, if I do a subway painting with somebody wearing their mask. And, uh, but I didn't do it because my paintings take so long. Like those subway paintings that you see on my website, like to do all those details in the map and all that, it would take, it could take me like a month, a month and a half. Some of them took me two months, the ones that are like super detailed. So I'm like, this four month commission list is gonna, take me till this time and then and then I have to take another two months to do like a subway painting that's six months like I'm trapped like I can't I, I wanted to make a subway series of people wearing their mask I'm like I'll never be able to draw and I was I was already on TikTok for a month but none of my videos did well like they would they would all they would all do like I, I would paint like do my regular oil paintings like my commissions and they, they they would do like 500 views a thousand views 1500 views and i was like oh, okay this is good but i see other people on tiktok with millions of views and i'm like damn like so i'm, I'm like you know what? i'm just gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna record everything i paint you know because i'm gonna paint it anyway i'm just gonna record it learn how to edit i'm gonna rec record anything i paint you know so I, I recorded all the commissions i recorded um painting this painting that it all kind of flopped and I was just like, all right, I guess this isn't like TikTok content, you know, like TikTok, there's like a lot of kids and stuff. Like, I just don't work for TikTok, whatever. And then I was like, I was like, I should do a pandemic painting, but since it's gonna take me so long, I was like, you know what? Let me just do a sketch. Cause it's sketches fast. Like, and, um, and I was like, since I'm already on TikTok, I'll record it. Cause you know, I'm gonna record everything I do. So, um, I did a, I did a sketch. I, I edited it and I was like, all right, let me just try this, posted it. And the first one was viral, like 6 million views. I never got anything near, like anything near a million, like ever. Like, so I was just like, wow, that's nuts. And, um, I was like, all right, so I'm gonna make the series in drawings, you know, like, and, and, uh, yeah, it's been working out. I'm still doing it. <laughs> the rest, the rest is history. It's funny. I mean, I, I'm, my TikTok is nowhere like your TikTok, but it's funny. I had a very kind of a similar story. I was like posting, I was you know Instagram, I'm, I'm Instagram, I'm YouTube, you know, I got the podcast, and I was like, all right, I gotta get the TikTok. You know, like Gary V says, you gotta get the TikTok. I was like, all right, I gotta start TikTok. So I started TikTok. Nothing. It's you know, I was getting like the best one. I think was like two thousand. You know, and I was like, that was like, oh, I was pretty good. Yeah, same. And it was right before it was like. December 23rd of last year, like, you know, my family, we always go to, we always go down to Miami for Christmas. And I was like, you know, I was talking to Ayush, who's my video, who's like my, you know, my, helps me make all my content. You know, he does a lot of stuff, but, and I was like, listen, man, I was like, fuck TikTok. I was like, I'm giving up on this shit. I was like, I'm going to post 
this is my last video on TikTok. It was December 23rd. Uh, so I posted a pimple pop, one of these cyst popping videos. Yeah. Because everything I would take on, put on TikTok, they would take it down. They said it violated community. Really? So all my dermatology shit, they would take it down. That was like, you know, that's what built me on Instagram. That's what built me on YouTube. I was like, TikTok, man. So that, I posted that video on December 23rd. I shut up. I went to sleep that night. Got up the next morning. Had like a million views. I was like, oh, shit. And then it just went viral over the course of days. It went up to like 8 million views. That's nuts. And then TikTok took it down. What? Oh. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, sorry. I was in Miami, and I was like, all right, just give me a bunch of cysts. So I kept posting them. I kept posting them. I kept posting them. <laughs> take them down. I would, they'd put them up. Take them up. But my whole mind, my TikTok started growing like crazy. And uh, finally, like, you know, I kept fighting with TikTok. You know, I would appeal their decision, going back and forth, going back and forth. Then finally, this is like, so end of January, I'm, you know, Posting, taking down, posting, getting taken down, posting, fighting. Yeah. Then I posted three videos in a row that violated community guidelines. So I keep trying different things. They took my whole account down. No way. Oh, my God. Your account's been suspended. I was like, shit. And there's like a little button on the bottom where you could appeal it. So I appealed it, and I was like so down on it, man. I was like, shit, you know, like fucking TikTok, man. We had it going for a while. We thought we figured it out. They took me down. But then they gave me my account back after like a week. And then slow. Now I've kind of like figured out how to do it, and so now we're like, you know, growing. I got, you know, like. It's, how, how do you do it without them taking it down? It's like hit or miss. So, but they have like AI software that basically. Like, what do they think it is? Like, what? they just think it's like you know, it is graphic. You know, it's like graphic stuff. So interesting enough, like I could take a video down. No, well they'll appeal it, and no, they'll take it down. I'll appeal it, but they'll take too long, so I'll just delete it. And I'll repost it, and then that they let that stay up. Who the hell knows? It's just some weird fucking algorithm that they have. But it's interesting, you know. Like uh, TikTok is a weird, it's a weird beast, man. But yeah, God bless you, man, because it's like you know. Yeah, it is, yeah it's definitely a beast. I love TikTok. <laughs> TikTok is a beast, man. Yeah, it totally is. I mean, yeah, you were like named what, like like one of the top ten TikTok influencers of 2020 or something like that. Like, yeah, top top ten uh, rising stars. Crazy, love it, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how I got put in that, but I'm I'm happy because I, I mean I don't I don't I don't know like because there, there's people I feel like there's people that um probably grow at a faster rate than me that could have been on that list, but I think the reason I think the only reason they put me on is because like as as like a, a star level or like they, like they see what's going on with my Instagram and like like career wise like there's there's pages that grew faster but they just repost like like internet content that they don't own um i think it's just like me as like an artist growing Good. aside from the numbers just just as an artist growing or something like that i don't know i'm, I'm happy like that list was nuts you know you got like bella porsche addison ray charlie d'amelio and then you got me like I, i'm not even like a i was gonna say i'm not even like a real tiktoker what i mean is i'm not like you don't see like i feel like you don't see art go viral on tiktok like the art niche is like is is it doesn't really do well usually like it, like the i don't know i mean listen that's that just speaks to how relatable your art has been like people around the world are being touched by it man and that's a testament to your talent and just that and how you i know big a lot of people are really talented but they're not you they can't like your your personality your energy comes through that art and that's what people love it's like the whole package man you know, yeah, that's thanks. that's what that's what makes it work, man. That's what that's what a star is. You're a star. <laughs> thanks, thanks. That's what makes it work, man? 
Well, Devin, I could talk to I could talk to you all day, man, and and I and I really appreciate you being like so generous with your time. My, my middle son's name is Devin, actually. That's oh, like, yeah. oh, nice. Ian. I, I you go by Devon, so <laughs> yeah. But at the beginning, um, but I like I, I I never correct people, and like I have people in my family, like my aunt, she gets so mad. She's like, "Why don't you correct people?" And I'm like, "I don't really kind of don't care. Like you can call me whatever you want. You can call me Devin Devon." <laughs> My, my name has been butchered my whole life, man. So, so I, I hear that. It's funny because my wife actually tells me, like, my name is really set, it's pronounced Adarsh, but my wife, but people, most people call me Adarsh or you know some nickname or something. So my wife always tells me, like, just introduce yourself as Adarsh, like <laughs> mispronunciation. I'm like, no, no, hell no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and I just, I just love seeing your star rise, man. And uh, I, I think your story is just so compelling. You're so talented. You're so humble. Okay. Um and uh, you know I, I appreciate I appreciate you really spending this afternoon with us man I can't wait for people to hear your story and you know one of the things is like you know you say luck a lot you know you mentioned that a few times you know honestly the harder you work the luckier you get and that's just you know I think it's a testament for anyone out there is like you know you have been pursuing your passion balls to the wall for a decade at least and you're you were able to capitalize on that hard work when. You know, a bit of luck entered your life, perhaps, but you had the content, and you and you also grinded on that content to make it grow even further. That could have been a one and done that sketch, but you decided that you're going to make a series out of yeah. that. It speaks yeah. to people. Yeah, no, yeah. There's, there's. Uh, I always speak on luck because there's a lot of luck, but it it does come after the um the the work because I, I was thinking about the other day, like um I was thinking like there's a lot of artists that put in years decades way more than me 40 year olds 50 year olds they've been painting these are like ogs of like the painting game and like they they you know they would have like 200 300 followers and i thought like oh my god these guys are amazing and i still do and like i thought like how could they have 300 people watching them like that's nuts you know and then i would have a guilt when i when i like grew up above them in numbers and have a million followers i'm like and and you know i'm just like I'm just, I'm just starting, like, I'm new in the art game, you know, so I'm just like, I, I'm like, yo, that's so, I would have a, a guilt about it, about it, like, wow, how do I have, that's nuts, like, I, I know they probably look at me as, like, like, like a fraud, or like, social media, like, um, influencer, artist, or, you know, like, look down on it, or something like that, I don't know, who knows, who cares, but um, then I was thinking, like, I actually have been trying out everything, there was a phase where I was just, like, you know, my art career isn't going, even though it was going great, like, I was, like, it, it's, it's funny, because, like, I, I, like, I got into the New York Times, I got into some, the New Yorker, I got into some publications, I was selling my art, but for some reason, I, I don't know, because, like, everyone calls me humble, and I, I do think I'm humble, but I still wanted my, my art to be way bigger, like, my standards for myself are, like, way it's huge so you know i was like it's not going as big as i want you know like i'm like you know what i'm gonna try some other things so i started trying tattooing right and uh and i was just doing it my own way i was like i'm gonna tattoo in my house well i learned a lot from my dad my dad like taught me how to how to set up and do some stuff i was like you know what and i, I was so afraid to just practice on somebody and butcher them and like do something bad on them so i was like i'm like fuck that i'm gonna like do it on my own leg right and I'm like, should I like damage my whole thigh? And I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I don't 
care. This is for success. Like if, if it comes out good, I'm going to know that I'm going to be successful in this. Like who cares about my leg? Like, so I just did a whole portrait on my leg. I did, I did it off Picasso and, and it came out good and I, I liked it. And I was, I was like, all right, this is good. Now I could like do, I could trust myself with other people. So I was like in a tattoo phase for like four months. And then, and then, and then I realized like, you know what? I love painting more. So I went back to painting and, um, and then, and then during, and then, so that's one thing that, that I thought like, that was crazy. Like I just did this whole portrait on my leg, not knowing how to tattoo and stuff. And then, um, so is it facing you? Is it like Picasso? Like, yeah, it's like, it's upside down when I stand. Okay. So, yeah. So it's just, it's, 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 I, I look back, I'm like, why did I do that? But whatever it's so then, um, also in high school, all my friends would like get fly, have the latest Jordans, have all this, have all that. I didn't care about that. I was like a bum. Like I dressed like a bum. And I, any money I got from those internships, like I would, they were all paid internships. I would put like, there was this book, it was called the Charles Barg Drawing Course. And it was like $140. I spent it on that. They had anatomy books in Barnes and Noble, $50 books. I would buy all those books. They had life drawing books with like a bunch of nude models in it that I wanted to practice from both those books. I bought, all my money would go to straight to art books, art supplies, art everything. Like, all my money, art DVDs. Every time a, a new painter would like, I mean, a painter would drop a new like painting DVD. I bought all, they were like $80. I buy all of them, learn from this guy, learn from this guy, watch all of them all day. That's all I cared about. And then um, I remember my, my first job, I was my freshman year of high school. I, I worked, I was like 13. This guy took me on very early. I worked at this stationery store. They, they sold art supplies. They sold notebooks, teacher supplies. It was it's on 149 third in the South Bronx. And I was working there. My first check, the first check I got, I forgot how much it was. I think it was like $150. I put the, I was part-time. I put, I think part-time. Yeah, yeah, because I was in school. I put the whole check, as soon as he gave it to me, no, he, I think he paid me in cash. As soon as he paid me, work was over. Like I took it, I was like, hold on, let me just buy some stuff real quick. I grabbed the sketchbook, markers, pencils, I, the whole thing, and I calculated the whole thing was 150 and I put it on the, and, and my boss was like ringing me up. Right. And he goes, he goes, you're going to spend your whole check in the store. And I was like, yeah, I want to buy our supplies. And he goes, damn, man. He goes, you know what? Keep the money. And he passes me the bag of our supplies. He goes, just take the our supplies. I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. Like I wanted to like probably spend another, the other, my 150 that I kept on the more our supplies. And then, um, Anyway, there's just a bunch of like crazy stuff that I used to do and I look back on it and I'm like, you know what? Like I am lucky, but I, I, I was trying a bunch of different stuff and there's a few other things I could go on, but I'm like, I was doing all these crazy sacrifices like in a in an insane way, like just want to succeed like that bad. Like I remember um when I dropped out of um college, there was this guy on like this painting forum that wanted me to work for him in Texas and move, move out there and stuff. Anyway, he ended up being like a scam that never paid me. But but long story short, I like moved to Texas for like two months. Um, all my friends are like in New York. My family's in New York. I didn't even tell them that I dropped out. I'm like hiding in Texas working for this guy. He promised that I was going to become super successful. I'm like, I don't care where I am. As long as I succeed, like, like that, that's all I care about. So, um, not all I care about, but that's like a, yeah. a big like component of 
of it's, it's sad that I, I need to feel successful. Like, I, I think... it's not. It's not at all, man. It's not at all. No, you're not hurting anybody by you know. You're... Yeah, no, for sure. I'm not. I'm not hurting anyone. But I do feel like sometimes I feel like, why do I have like this, like this? I don't know. Sometimes people like look at successful people like they have like this, um, selfish, selfish quality going on. You know. So I think about that sometimes. Like, like why do I have like this? like this this drive for that like why do i need that you know like why do i gotta be successful why can't i just but yeah man i think there's i think there's so many layers to that you know and i, I struggle with i i think about that sometimes too you know yeah um i mean i think part of it is growing up kind of like in a shitty shitty background and yeah, like, definitely, definitely. motivates you like you don't want to go back there that's that's one yeah yeah uh, never never <laughs> never want to go back there two is and I, i'm speaking about me man i'm not you know i'm not trying to like you know put words into your mouth at all but part of it is um you know that that's part of it and that's that, that's like the financial part of it like you know you like to have money in your pocket money in the bank you know just so you don't have to worry about basic things like you know having to wear like seven year hand-me-downs like I had to wear when I was a kid and you know, <laughs> shit like that. But I, I think this, the, the other part of it is, and I used to, do, I used to work all kinds of crazy jobs and stuff growing up. And there's part of it where um, you're just a hustler, you know, like you, that's what, you know, you know, and it's not even like you're working to like get something. Sometimes you just feel like you just need to work because that's just kind of in you, you know, like being productive and, you know, getting your wins for the day. And that's something I actually learned later on in life. You know, I got to a point where, you know, I came from a very humble beginning, single mom, you know, um, always worked for everything I had. And then finally, you know, I became like a very successful New York city dermatologist on fifth Avenue. You know, my wife really helped me, encouraged me. And like, you know, I borrowed a tons of money. I was in debt, a crazy amount of debt. And, you know, I, I, I built a successful life for myself. And then I was like 42 years old, like living this life that I couldn't even imagine having. And like, Oh shit, this is, my life is crazy. Like, I can't believe like, you know, I have these cars and this house and, and it, and for me, it, it was a shitty time. It was actually kind of a shitty time. Like I'd kind of quote unquote arrived and I was like, yeah, it's like, you know, this kind of sucks. This is not what I'm about. Yeah. And I started doing all this shit. Like I was like, you know what I, what I want to do is I want to speak to like the eight year old me and like tell them, that, hey, you can do this and, like, you know, you, anyone can do anything. And I think your story says that. Like, think, look at all that fucking passion you put into what you loved. You know, like, you didn't waste 150 bucks on, like, you know, eating out and playing video games and, you know, buying an Xbox and, you know, whatever else. You know, Jordans, like I said, all that stuff. You yep. put it, like, honing your passion, your skill, you know, like, into what's become your career. You know, had you not done that when you were 13, you wouldn't be sitting where you are now, right? Yeah, yeah, for There'll sure. There'll be a time where you reach some crazy level of financial success where you might take a break for a little while. And, you know, but I can guarantee you, just like knowing the little bit of your story that I know, is that you're not going to be living in that place for very long because you're going to want to create, you're going to want to do something, whether it's an art or not, you know, maybe yeah. kids in the South Bronx about art or whatever, whatever it is, you know, yeah, yeah. always be something. You're a driven guy. You're a driven human, you know, and, and I realized that about myself when I was 42. I'm 45 now that like the drive is what I like the journey, the hustle, like, you know, and like I could have coasted where I was, but that's a shitty place to be, man. You know, you know, living on a plateau sucks and you know, you're at, you're ascending right now. You know, there's going to be a point where you, like I said, you're going to amass a tremendous amount of success more, more than you can even imagine. Um, and you'll chill for a while, but you're going to get right back into the game, man. Cause that's <laughs> what hustlers do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and that's amazing. Uh, everything that you've done and, and isn't it like 
really even if um like podcasting or or like creative stuff um doesn't i don't know what it brings i'm just saying like even if it doesn't necessarily bring like financial stuff like doesn't like it just makes you happier to create right like just totally you know, like even, even when i wasn't making um because because i i had some people like i i have some people dm me like yo you do this shit for cloud you do it for cloud. i'm like yo i've been doing this before social media like i love i love it like my, my friend i remember when i my friend my best friend craig he wanted me to get on instagram i think it was junior year of high school he was like, yo, get on Instagram, get on Instagram. And at the time, like Instagram, it was my be the beginning of junior year. At the time, Instagram felt to me, it was very new. So Instagram felt like it was always a bunch of girls like posting like butterflies or selfies or like little cute flowers and stuff. So I didn't take it serious. I was very into like my art. Like I was like a purist, like I'm just drawing. And uh, I'm like, nah, I'm not posting that. That's for girls posting like butterflies and stuff. Like I'm not putting my art on that. And he's like, bro, just join it, just join it. Anyway, so the other day he's like, yo, remember when you told me that Instagram was just posting like butterflies and stuff? Look at you now. I was like, I know, right? But anyway, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's just crazy how the world works, man. And like yeah. you said before, like the universe, like, you know, how Mr. Harper, like the universe kind of delivered him into your world, you know? But that, listen, if you're willing to be open to it and you're an open channel, man, the universe delivers in amazing ways, you know? And, you're, you know, your story really speaks to that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I loved it. I really appreciate you, man. And thank you so much for your time. And, you know, we're going to get this out. You know, it'll be out on all the platforms. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give all the details. If you want to just plug some of your stuff, though, real quick, so we can tell so folks can find you, man, like your Instagram, your TikTok, and your website, all that stuff. Okay. So my Instagram is at Devon Rodriguez Art, D E V O N Rodriguez Art. And then my website is Devon Rodriguez Art.com. And then TikTok, same thing, Devon Rodriguez Art. And, uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. Go find, go find this guy. It's going to blow your mind, man. Th Devon. Thank Thank you for listening to the Dr. Mudgill podcast. The corresponding video can be found on YouTube, IGTV, and Facebook. Let's get it.